Good morning, church. How are you doing this morning? All right, all right. Well, we're thankful to have you all here. It seems like we have a pretty full house, uh, so welcome to the well. Uh, we're going to get started this morning uh, reading some scripture, and our scripture reading is going to be uh, John 13, verses 34 to 35. And if you're familiar with this, you know, Jesus is, uh, he's kind of encouraging his boys. And uh, I hope this can be an encouragement for us this morning as we gather uh, as God's church. And so it says, so now I'm giving you a new commandment. And this is Jesus speaking. He says, love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. And, you know, I, I hope that's an encouragement for us this morning as we gather as a church. Um, and even though this might be really familiar for a lot of us coming in here, sitting down, having cheese and donuts, uh, it's, it's also uh, just another opportunity for us to exercise just our love for each other. And hopefully we can love one another well. We have some fun stuff afterwards. I know there's going to be some tacos uh, so please stick around for that. You'll hear more about that later. But also, uh, it's an opportunity for us to take that love outside of here and into the world that we all go into every day, uh, the people that might not know Jesus um, or our fellow believers who love Jesus, but you know, maybe we don't see things eye to eye. So I want to encourage us this morning uh, to continue to love one another uh, as Jesus loves us. So if you would, uh, pray with me this morning. Lord Jesus, we do just thank you for you. We're thankful that uh, the church, the gathered ones, uh, is something that you instituted. Um, and it's for us. It's for us to uh, be together, to love one another, and to be a light to the world who just doesn't know you. And so I pray this morning that as we just spend time together, um, that we hear a message from your word I pray that we would take these things to heart, uh, that we would continue to not just hear the things that we are going to hear today, but we would be doers and we would walk uh, by faith, um, trusting you for wherever you're leading us uh, in the different places that you have us. And so I pray that we would just be faithful this morning as your children and as stewards of the things that you've given us, um, and we would just use this time wisely. And so please... Uh, just minister to us. Um, just continue to reveal yourself to us. Um, and I pray that we would just be faithful um, in loving you and loving other people. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, it is time for Kingdom Kids. So, Kingdom Kids, kids, it's time to go. Wow, we got a whole bunch of them going. All right, we're going to start off with a few announcements. Uh, if you've been around, you know, we've had a couple events going on. On uh, Friday, actually, this past Friday, we don't usually have events on Friday for youth, but we had a board game night, an exciting board game night. It wasn't boring. Uh, we had a lot of fun. We, we were there for about four hours. Uh, and the students loved it. We were playing uh, a card game there where we're trying to really decide who was the one uh, that we should vote out. And I got to tell you, I, 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 no, I didn't get voted out, but Chris was very um, sly, and he fooled us all. Uh, and we had a lot of fun. Uh, we, we went outside, played some games. Uh, you know, and I just want to say, you know, things like this really kind of bless my heart. You know, I didn't grow up doing youth stuff. I'm not like a youth uh, group kid. Uh, but since I started a couple years ago and just seeing the kids really kind of come together, a lot of them not even knowing each other. And over the past two years, I've been super blessed because the students really take one of our pillars very seriously. And the pillars of Crossroads is we got faith, uh, family, and fun. And they've really, they, of course, they have fun. And we're learning a lot about our faith. But they've really taken to each other and they've really formed their own really fun kind of family relationship together. And if you're ever there and you see them, they're just having fun throwing pillows at each other, and they've really come a long way. Uh, and I just wanted to share that um, because, like I said, it's not something that I've, 
I'm not really used to doing as a youth director. And so it just blesses my heart that the students, so thank you to the students that are out there uh, listening. Uh, I love seeing you guys come and have fun and just form those friendships together. Um, and so the next thing, we also started our uh, food drive on Wednesday. Uh, and there's the students all there. We made some signs. We went to Vaughn's to kind of get our food drive started. Um, and so we have a table out there. Uh, and this is for you as well. So the students brought some food in. We got some to kind of get started. And so Isaac wants you to donate to the food drive. Uh, so if you would like to donate, there is a table out there. You'll, you can't miss it. And these are some of the things that uh, you could bring. Um, just up at the top, please don't bring corn or green beans. I think they just have so many, they would prefer other things. Um, so if you want more information, please see me. But there's a list. Uh, we're going to be doing this through October, even into November, so feel free to bring some food items, and we give them to the help of Ojai uh, to just bless the people in our community that, unfortunately, you know, just can't get basic food items. So we love to bless people. This is a great way to do that, um, so you can do that as well. And Mark has an announcement for us. with this woman she got mad at us and got all of our stuff and she threw it all out on the street everyone was watching us and i was even pregnant and we did not have anywhere to go my husband said we need to leave let's go to our property i remember the first night when we arrived we did not have anything it was cold and wet, and it was very windy, and everything got wet, including us. All we could do was hug each other. I remember I was so sad because I felt so alone. I don't remember how long passed by, but finally, some people from the church came by and gave us some boards for walls and a tarp roof but it did not even have a door. We could not sleep on the ground because it was a dirt floor full of bags. I would be there at nine, looking all around. Is there something there? We were afraid someone would come and attack us. We were sleeping in that room. When someday some animal bit my dad, his whole hand got swollen and he couldn't work, so we had nothing to eat. I was going to school then, and I told my mom that I wanted to drop out so I could sell gum to help our family. I prayed every night for God to help us. My husband was very sad. But he was trying to be strong for us, so he could never cry in front of me. But he would go to the other side of the mountain and yell and cry out to the Lord. Lord, help me. I can't do this anymore. I was so sad and I felt so alone. My youngest girl would cry all night because she didn't want to be here. But I would tell her that it is going to be okay. I just wanted to run away, and I wanted to die. Finally, when I went to Whitewim to ask them for help, I explained to them the situation that we were living in. Never, ever, ever did I imagine that I would have a house. And I remember when the YOM team said they would build our house. After they left, we went outside and jumping and screaming for joy, saying, they are going to build us a house. I was 
so happy and I just started yelling like a crazy person. I was so excited that I could not wait and I could not even sleep. I just wanted the day to come. The first day of the build, everyone worked with so much joy and was so happy to help. My girls held pain and I remember that my youngest was covered in pain. She painted herself instead of the walls. Wildwem treated me so well. They treated me as if I was a part of their family. It was then that I realized that I'm not alone anymore. My faith grew a lot because God answered our prayers and blessed us in a huge way. It is as if we were down in a hole and they pulled us out of the hole. When they were finally done building and they passed the keys around to every member of the team and then they gave them to me, I could not even believe it. I felt something I would never felt before. These were my keys to my house. And then when the keys got to me, I read a letter I wrote. My heart overflows with joy. Although I have not had what other little girls have had, I know this house is forever. Although my parents could not offer me anything or the little they could offer to me, I will always be eternally grateful to them and to you. You will always live in my heart. Thank you for giving us something to eat when we were hungry. And thank you for giving us something to drink when we were thirsty. And when we were cold, you covered us with your arms. Thank you for my house. I am so thankful to my daddy, God, for having heard my prayers from Tanya. That's not just a, a heart-wrenching video. That's real life. That's a real story. Those are real people. And in three weeks, there's 20 of us going down and building two homes for families just like that, who are living in those conditions today and tomorrow and yesterday and the day after tomorrow. That's their life. And they have been praying to the Lord for the gift of a home that just transforms their life, their faith, and everything else. So um, we are privileged, as we have done for many, many years, to go down. There's 20 of us going down three weeks from today. Um, today, after church, we're having a fundraiser, uh, and it's to build homes for families like that. We've got a, gar a target of about 29,000. Praise the Lord, we've raised about 20,000 so far. Um, so encourage everyone to enjoy tacos and give generously today. Um, the other thing that we need, uh, Betty and her crew um, are just relentless about putting together uh, toy bags, bags of toys and things like that that we take down uh, and give to kids in the neighborhood and just all the different places that we run across kids. And here's a bunch of things that you can bring. There's a trunk in the commons under the table over there that says, you know, for Homes of Hope. We need that trunk filled up. Uh, so if in the next couple of weeks you would just go out and just buy stuff, bring stuff, stuff for kids, and uh, any questions, you can see Betty. She and her team do a wonderful, wonderful job. And lastly, thanks to uh, uh, Jordan and his crew, um, you can now donate by using a QR code. And so um, you can write a check, you could give us cash, or this will be out on the table where we'll be taking donations uh, for the taco bar, but you can just scan this, it'll take you out to the app, and you can give that way too. So we will just, uh, you're seeing up on the screen how you can go out, you would choose uh, Mexico, and we have a great opportunity through a lot of different ways to uh, be donating for that. So, um, Randy. All right, here to talk about our men's dinner, man of God testimony, we call it M6, Thursday night, October 26th here. M6, of course, stands for Men at Six, 
meal at six, meat at six, <laughs> does not stand for money at six, it's free of charge. And a, another point to that, it also doesn't stand for mommy at six. Mommies will not be here. Our mommies will not be here to clean up, they won't be here to set up, it's all the men. There's going to be men from other churches in the valley, coming from other churches in the area, Southern California. I don't know how many men will be here because when you ask men to tell you if they're coming. So, so we're planning, a, we're thinking we're going to have 100 men or so. We don't know what the Holy Spirit's going to do here with that, but this is not a well ministry. It's an influencer's ministry. And that is where we basically remove all non-essential doctrine down to the core of an uh, abiding relationship with Jesus. That's what this ministry promotes. Uh, many men will be here that have an abiding relationship with Jesus. Many men will be here that will not. They'll be guests of men that are coming. We don't know what the Lord's going to uh, do, but we do know that we're going to have food. If we get down to breaking five loaves and two fish, whatever it happens... We're going to feed you, but uh, I'll give you a little, a little bit of insight as we get closer to the event. But our two, our two speakers, our two men of God, are going to be our brothers Bill Burr and Tim Donahue. And they're going to talk about an event that happened in their lives and how their faith grew through the challenges. And it's going to be impactful. Could I get that... Um, that picture put back up of the board game night, just real quick. This is something that hit me. Okay, Chris, have you really got nine fingers on that one hand, or is that just a photo op deal? Okay, so you young people never play cards with a guy with nine fingers on one hand. So well, what's up with that? But, you know, men and their relationship with the Lord, this is what's going to grow the family. This is what the Lord wants. The Lord calls for men to be the spiritual leader in their home, and that's how, we, that's how we influence our young men, our daughters, our wives, our families. It's very impactful. So I encourage you to, if you want to help out with this setup and breakdown in light of the fact that our mommies will not be here, see me at some point in time in the next week or so. You can email me, you can, whatever you want to reach out, and we'll, uh, we'll make sure that your services and willing to serve are utilized. So we look forward to seeing everybody on that Thursday night, the 26th, at 6 o'clock. Thank you. Thanks, Randy. we got one more announcement. Uh, before that, I did forget, uh, back when Chris actually came to youth group, he, he did do magic. So I don't know if you still do it, but I feel like you do. So, uh, so we got one more announcement. Uh, our friends down at Redemption... I'm pretty sure they do this every year. They have Trunk or Treat, uh, and they're hosting it. Uh, it's a lot of fun. If you haven't been there, it's great. It's a huge turnout. Uh, it's going to be Tuesday, October 31st from 6 to 8. Uh, it's a great place to bring your kiddos. Uh, they have lots of games. It's fun. Uh, there's also opportunities for, because it's such a big event, if you want to volunteer, uh, they always need volunteers because it's you know a lot of stuff they have going on. So you can see either me or Kim uh, if you'd like to volunteer, and we'll connect you with uh, Rachel over there who does their, their Kingdom Kids stuff. Thank you, worship team. Well, good morning. Good to see all of you. We look forward to a great time of uh, what around here we would call fellowship, and we're going to look at what that means in just a few moments here. If you're uh, visiting, we have been through a series the last couple of uh, weeks, really based on the Gospel of Mark. We're going through Mark this year, and uh, we saw in Mark 2 and Mark chapter 3 that the Pharisees and Jesus had some confrontations, uh, really around the Sabbath and some events that happened in the synagogue on the Sabbath. And really the point of that, one of the applications was that the Pharisees had got to the point where they missed the point of the Sabbath. The Sabbath was meant to be a blessing, but the Pharisees had turned it into a burden with hundreds of rules and regulations to the point where they had lost compassion for uh, people in great need. They had become so hardened to the human needs around them, and they had become so overly concerned with rule-keeping that Jesus says, hey, you know what? You guys are missing it. You're missing it, right? The Sabbath was made for you. God gave it to us to bless us, but you flipped it, 
and you turned it into a bunch of rules and regulations to the point where you don't even have compassion for those around you. In fact, they were, the, the, the rulers of the synagogue were getting so angry that Jesus would heal somebody. Imagine that. Jesus does a miraculous healing in a synagogue on the Sabbath, and rather than celebrating, they get bent. Right? Wrong place, wrong time. Like, how does that even happen? And that kind of, you know, sent us in this little, you know, mini-series to ask ourselves, could that happen to us here at the well? Could we become, over time, so focused on doing church right? So right. The lights, the temperature, you know, the music, hitting all the cues, the slides just right. Doing everything right to where, inadvertently, in our desire to do it right, we miss each other. We miss relationship. We miss why we're even supposed to be here in the first place. Not, not intentionally, but just over time. We might drift. We might drift. And I shared with you a story. You know, I like to, every once in a while, when I can, I go um, to the islands out here, go deep sea fishing, and, and I love to fish. And, and when the captain puts us on the fish, I get so intent, I drop my lines, and all that exists on the planet is the tip of my pole and the fish that I'm hoping are underneath there. And usually he puts us on the fish and we get hits right away and then things go quiet. And he'll say, okay, reel them up. We drifted. And that can happen in church. We get so focused on doing church that we might drift. We might drift. And, and it's a discipline and it takes a, a real intentionality to wonder and be honest to say, have we drifted? Are we drifting? Maybe we're not. Maybe we're fine. But it's a great question to ask, even in your own walk with the Lord. Maybe you're so focused on the doing of Christianity that you might have drifted from the heart of it. Right? Someone says, hey, Jesus, what's the greatest commandment? He says, uh, love me. Love your neighbor. Maybe today someone's just drifted from that because you're so caught up in doing Christianity and doing church and, and, you know, scorekeeping that you missed and you've drifted. And then I was thinking this past week, not only can we drift because we get comfortable, maybe complacent, caught up in routine and tradition, but even in light of events of this, this year, previous year, going back even to the pandemic, economically, socially, politically, Locally, nationally, globally, even up until the events of yesterday in the Middle East, the Lord really impressed upon me the need that as a church we really better be anchored in understanding biblically what do we believe, why do we believe it, and what are we supposed to do with that? So there's two things we need to guard against in, in really understanding what we're supposed to be doing on a Sunday is we can drift into just doing church and routine and rut, or circumstances come into our life and can blow us, winds of adversity. And so really what we're trying to do the last two weeks and even today briefly before we go out back and then in the weeks ahead is we're, gonna, we're putting anchors down. We're kind of dropping doctrinal anchors that answer the question we asked two, two weeks ago. Why are you here? Why are we here? And what are we supposed to be doing when we're here? Because, you know, I look here, and many of you online, hello to those online and those who are watching later. You got up, you got dressed, many of you ate breakfast. How many ate breakfast? How many are like, I'm waiting for the tacos, right? So some of you got dressed, you, you look nice. You look nice, groomed and all that. Uh, why are you here? Why are you here? Biblically. What are you supposed to do when you're here? Biblically. Right? And we looked at that in the last two weeks. The Hebrews 10, 24, and 25 have been our foundational verses. And so we're going to look at another kind of churchy word because words matter. We talked about church. Do you just go to church and then you leave church? Because if church is a building at 1290 grand and it's an organization well, that's going to color your view. And that view is going to color your choices and your relationships, ultimately. But if church is who we are as believers, and the church is not just an organization, it's a living organism of which you are a living part, well, if that's your perspective, it's going to color your choices 
as well. Perception matters. How you see things, how you see people, right? Perception, you know that phrase, perception is reality, right? And years ago, every once in a while, they bring this out, kind of helps us make the point of the power of perception, right? What do you see on the screen? What do you see? Okay. How many of you see a duck? How many see a rabbit? How many can see both? How many are like, I don't see anything? <laughs> All right? Okay. So we're going we're gonna to do an exercise in your power of choice right now. Your power of choice. This is powerful. How many can see both? Let me just, both. Okay, good. Most of you. Okay, so right now, choose to see the duck. Once you see the duck, just put your hand up. Once, choose to see the duck. Okay. Power of your choice of perception. Choose to see the rabbit. Once you do, just throw your hand up. Look at that. You can choose. The question is, when it comes to church, what do you choose to see? Your perception and the stereotypes and your bad experiences? Or do you choose to see church as God defines it? It's your choice. How you choose to look at church and the people of church powerfully impacts your attitudes, your demeanor, your choices, your relationships, right? And so uh, in, a, in a little while, we're going to go out there and we're going to enjoy good food, great food. The guys do a great job. We're going to laugh. We're going to catch up. Uh, folks from First Baptist are going to come over. It's going to be a great time of what we would call in the church this word fellowship. Fellowship. It's an interesting word. Fellowship. It's kind of right up there in churchiness with church. Right? So if you've been in church any length of time, the word fellowship is kind of common. Question is, when you think when you say the word, when you see the word or think of the word fellowship, what do you see? Because I'm gonna guess a whole bunch of you. When I say fellowship, you just saw potluck. That's all I'm guessing. I'm guessing when I said fellowship, you went right to potluck, okay? I'm guessing. Some of you, and, and welcome if you're new and you've never heard the word fellowship, it might be like some college award. It might be someone who's awarded a fellowship, right? You know, fellowship. What is fellowship? Well, it's an anchor. You have to know what the Bible teaches about the word fellowship because it is something we are to experience and participate in every time we're together. Now, if your perception is potluck, I'm guessing in the next 10, 15 minutes it'll probably change as the primary definition, okay? The early church fellowshiped, Acts 2.42, and they devoted, them, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Fellowship, key, foundational to the early church, the birth of the church. It says they devoted themselves to fellowship. Okay, And again... If we're not careful, when I say fellowship, you go right to a location as in fellowship hall. How many of you grew up in a church with fellowship halls? Or you go to an activity as in fellowshipping, as in potlucks, socials, hanging out together, socializing. Okay? Just like church, if you're not careful and you pick up something along the way about this word fellowship, it will directly impact the choices you make regarding relationships vertically with God and within the church. So we're going to look at that. In fact, this word fellowship appears on that sign that would be right about 10 o'clock to me. Right? The well. Ojai Valley Christian Fellowship. Right? It's out there. And uh, in fact, if you didn't know, when we first started 13 years ago, our, our name is officially, legally, Ojai Valley Christian Fellowship. When we moved here, we added kind of the nickname, uh, The Well, 
based on Jesus' interaction with the woman at the well in John. Also, biblically, the well in those communities was a gathering place for the community. So that's the genesis, the basis of why we call it the well. Okay? But on that sign, every word matters. Ojai Valley, okay, geographic location, Christian. A word that we take for granted, but in a word in many countries around this planet will get you in a world of trouble if you claim to be that. What is it? Right? And we've looked at, what is, it, what, what is a Christian, right? Believers were first called Christians in Antioch, we see in the book of Acts. Initially, it was a derogatory term that the un- unbelievers labeled Jesus followers, all those Christians, it was a negative derogatory term. Over time, we adopt it, right? Christian essentially means, it's two, two parts, Christ with the suffix I-A-N. I-A-N is kind of like a political party, a term which means belonging to. So if you call yourself a Christ I-A-N, a Christian, it means you are professing to belong to Christ. Again, so far... Not, you know, in this part of this country, maybe not as popular, but in this country, generally okay still. Other parts of the world, Christ A.N., put you in a world of hurt. It, it matters. Okay? So that sign, Ojai Valley, Christians, people who profess faith in Jesus, so we belong to Christ through faith in Jesus alone, Fellowship. Why did they put that word on there? Why does it say Ojai Valley? Why doesn't it just say Ojai Valley Christian Church? Because a lot of you, when you saw fellowship, you equate that synonymously with church. That Oh, fellowship, that means it's a church, right? Hmm, is, that what, is that why we put that on there? Because, see, fellowship is directly linked to Christian. In fact, Christian is the basis for fellowship, we're going to see. And that word fellowship, you've, you've heard the phrase, with great privilege comes great responsibility. Well, that's a big, that's the responsibility word on the sign, right? And we're going to look at what does it mean to say that I go to the well? Oh, you mean Ojai Valley Christian Fellowship? Because we've got to understand fellowship because it's part and parcel about why, we, why we're here in the first place and what we're supposed to do, how we're supposed to see us and each other when we do gather, Okay. So basically, the fellowship in the Greek, it's a, maybe a, a word that's familiar to you. It's koinonia. Koinonia. And it really means having mutual interests, hold something in common. Okay? Acts 2, remember it said they had everything in common. Right? In fact, to try to help you get this, if you notice this, if you've been on this side of the wall, right? What do we call this? The commons. Not fellowship hall. We call that the commons because in the commons is where we experience fellowship because we have everything in Christ in. Ah, I'm starting to get it. They kind of know what they're doing around here, right? The commons is where we celebrate being commoners in Christ. Amen. That's where the common sharing of life happens in the commons. That's why we call it that. It's a reflection of who we are and what we share in common, foundationally, in Christ. Marvin Vincent says this, it's a relation between individuals which involves a common interest and a mutual active participation in that interest and in each other. Key to that quote is active participation. Probably for some here and at home, that's the challenging part of it. I get the in common part. We're all believers. We all have faith in Jesus, word of God. But that active participation, what? What? That we're going to see may be where God's going to speak to us in the short time that we have this morning. And just so that you know, because of what we're going to do, this is sort of just a a mini advancing the ball into the topic of fellowship. And then next Sunday, we're going to really look into it. So fundamentally, Ojai Valley Christian Fellowship is rooted in relationship. Fellowship is rooted in relationship. Okay, John Stott says this. The believer's fellowship is that common participation in the grace of God, the salvation of Christ, and the indwelling Holy Spirit, which is the spiritual birthright of all Christian believers. It is their common possession of life, 
one with God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, which makes them one. Amen? The basis of our fellowship is our relationship with God through Jesus. We have fellowship vertically, which precedes horizontal fellowship. You got to get that. The vertical nature of our fellowship with God through faith in Jesus goes this way immediately. At the moment of salvation, you have fellowship with God, and immediately you go into fellowship with other believers. That's also part of the challenging part. We're going to see that. John 1, 12. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. 1 Corinthians 12. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For when one spirit, we were all baptized into one body, Jews are Greeks, slaves are free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. So again, at the moment of salvation, when you put your faith in Christ alone for salvation, you establish a relationship, a fellowship with God, and immediately at the same time, you are put into fellowship with other believers in the body of Christ. It's not optional. It's not optional. You are put into fellowship. With great privilege comes great responsibility. It happens. In fact, some word pictures describing the church from the scripture. Look at this. The church, ecclesia, the called out ones. Go ahead, put that up. Look at these pictures. First Corinthians tells us, we're the body of Christ. We're the flock of God. We're the household of God. We're the people of God. You notice, look at that. All of those are about we. Okay? So we have to understand this distinction. And this is probably, you know, I'm not sure how much we're going to go into this, uh, past this today, because this maybe is, I think, where the Lord wants us to camp. The challenging part of that, seeing that, and understanding our role and responsibility in the church is that in our culture, we have made our Christian faith private. Now, this is gonna, this is gonna, this is gonna be something that I'm, it sounds real simple, but we need to chew on this because many of us were raised in the American dream for private ownership. Right? It's private. It's mine. It's my business. It's a private business. It's private, private, private. It's mine. It belongs to me. It's private, private, private. And then what has happened in the church, this phrase has come along that says your relationship with Jesus is personal. Okay? And we're going to see that it is. But what we have taken that to be is that, oh, you mean it's private. And so, like everything else in our life, which is owned by me, and it's mine privately, and I, I now determine what to do with my time, energy, money, resources, gifts that God gave me, because it's private and mine, and I live in isolation and separation because I'm private, the church isn't operating like it's supposed to, because we have privatized our faith. Our relationship with Jesus is personal, but not private in the sense of isolation and separation. Now, look at this. What do I mean by it's personal? Look at Galatians 2.20. Look at how personal this verse is. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved and gave himself for. Is that personal? Is that an amen? That's a great verse, amen? That is a very personal, loving, intimate verse, one of my favorite ones. I probably say it every morning and thank God for that verse. That is personal. That lights my fire, right? But it doesn't mean that I'm private because we have made our faith just me and Jesus. And I choose to engage with the church when it's convenient or when I want to. Now, here's what it is, really. My faith and your faith is personal, and it goes right from personal to communal. 
This is personal. And then he puts you in the body of Christ, the household of God, the flock of God, and then becomes communal. That's what we call fellowship. We have a very personal, intimate relationship with God. He knows everything going on in my life, going on in your life. He's going to meet all our needs. He's giving us everything we need for life and godliness. It's very personal. How many of you celebrate a personal relationship with God in terms of a loving, you can call him a ba, right? Everything. Holy Spirit knows everything about you. It's personal. It is. But then when we go, but it's also communal. You're like, oh, I don't know about that communal thing. Why? Where's that coming from? Because the early church, the church explodes, and right away they go into personal to communal. It's we and not just me. The challenge for this and why it's so challenging in our culture is we live in a me-centered culture. And then we are supposed to get involved in a church, and us up here on the screens, I mean on the stage and behind the mics, we try to convince you and sell you on serving and giving and doing all kinds of things. It's part of the communal body of Christ. And we're like, mm, I don't know. Let me check. And I'm saying, I'm not saying we're not busy on this, but it's, I'm talking about a heart issue. Where we have to understand that There's a me component, a personal, loving, intimate relationship with God through faith in Jesus in the new covenant. That is deeply personal, but it goes from personal to communal in the same instant. And if we would get that, the church will explode. That's why the church exploded in Acts 2. It went from personal to communal, all for one and one for all, meeting needs, selling things, let's do this together, let's go build homes in Mexico. That's the deep challenge in the American culture is to go biblically because you're a believer from just me to we. See, that's why we shared even the last couple of weeks. You coming here, I get it. You guys love the worship. Hopefully you like the word, you know, the coffee, the donuts. There's a lot of things that you like, a lot of things I like. But part and foundation of why you should come on a Sunday isn't just me, it's we. Amen? It's encouraging one another, loving one another, praying for one another. There's such a huge we component to a Sunday. And we have to break out of the consumer mentality that has just seeped into the American church, where we church shop for churches to meet my needs. Because it's me, 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 me. When Jesus says, it's we, 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 we. The duck or the rabbit? It's a duck or rabbit moment, which is challenging because we, go, we tend to go to our default. Right? How many have ever tried to learn something new and it's just so hard? Right? My kids shared a story with me, I think it was uh, Jonah. Years ago, I challenged you in this newness to learn to try to brush your teeth with your off hand. God bless him, he... He took that to heart and he did it. What he shared, I heard it was very difficult. Right? You got to stick with it. I challenge you, if you ever, if you ever had in your heart, your, your strong hand injured and you tried to brush your, how many of you like ever tried to brush your teeth with your off hand? You're like going up there, ah, I hit my gums. I'm like, miss my mouth. I'm like, dude, what, how do you do this? Well, that's the challenge of changing your paradigm. Because we are so locked in, deeper than any of us even probably consciously are aware of, of how we view church and fellowship. Especially when it touches our convenience and my private stash of stuff. We go to default. But I'm going to encourage you. That could be where God wants to transform you today. Simply wants to transform you in that one area. To understand that our relationship with God is personal through faith in Jesus. Everyone is accountable. The Bible says everyone must give account to God. Okay? So that's the personal component. But once you put your faith in Jesus and you are baptized into Christ, it just became communal, the biggest we on the planet. Amen? And that's a good thing. That's a really good thing, right? And we're going to look at this more 
next week. But I, I want to just encourage you. See, when we go out there in just a couple minutes after communion, it's not just a fundraiser. That's a bunch of fellow believers, the body of Christ, the flock of God, the household of God, the, the church getting together to love and encourage one another in partnership to go bless families in Ensenada. Amen? There is such a powerful spiritual component to what we're doing. But if it's just an organization and we must raise money to pay for houses to, and it becomes very administrative and financial, we miss the whole point. There's a deeper spiritual point that what you're about to see and experience, especially with First Baptist coming over, which even makes it a bigger significance. We're just about to go be the body of Christ. Fellowshipping. So if we wanted to redo that sign to actually be a little more biblically detailed, what that sign would say is, Ojai Valley Christians in fellowship. That's what the sign should say to actually be more biblically now, don't write on the sign and don't change it. Some of you, we have cameras. We're going to know who did it. But what it should say and how it should maybe when you see it from now on, because it's Ojai Valley Christians in, because we're Christians, so Christians already in fellowship. Amen? That's what we are. That's what we do. That's why we gather. We're already in we're just, uh, the sign of a healthy church is simply to operate as God intended it to be. We're just trying to be a healthy church in operating according to biblical principles. And this idea of fellowship should bring joy to you, not a burden. So you've got to ask yourself, if the idea of fellowship, if biblical truth about being personal and then communal is like, I don't really like that, that's a check yourself moment. Okay? I love this quote. Isaac, we're going to go to the very last quote. It says this. A person filled with the joy of the Holy Spirit rejoices in Christian fellowship. In fact, there's nothing in the world as wonderful as Christian fellowship. Those in the church who spend their time looking for what isn't perfect demonstrate an absence of spiritual joy. They need to consider the partnership they have, the people who pray for them, enable them to serve Christ, care for them, meet their needs, work with their children and family, nurture them in spiritual truth, and who are available for them to minister to by the use of their own spiritual gifts. If a Christian can't rejoice in that, the problem is not on the outside, it's inside. It's a heart issue. And we're going to look at this more in the weeks ahead, because I believe as more and more of us hear God's teaching about fellowship, koinonia, and become doers of fellowship and koinonia, I believe it's going to transform this church. We're going to continue to grow and mature and be a healthy church. Why? Because we're simply operating according to God's principles. We're one anothering one another. We're loving one another, forgiving one another, bearing one another's burdens, caring for one another, accepting one another, welcoming one another, greeting one another. See, all the 50-plus one-anothers in the Bible, that's the we communal part. So we go from me, thank you, Jesus, for dying for me. I receive you as my personal Lord and Savior. Thank you for dying for me, loving me that much, to thank you for putting me in the great we. I get to be a part of this. You see, it's not just giving money to Mexico right now. What it is, I encourage you. Encourage one another while you're out there. Love one another while you're out there. The meal and the money is just an excuse to hang out longer. Get to know somebody. Ask how their week was. Maybe someone needs prayer. Not from me. From you. Okay, I give you permission around here after service is done. If you're talking with someone and they're burdened and and you're really sensing Holy Spirit, pray for them. Don't come find me. You pray for them right there. Can I pray for you? Can I pray for you? Can, I just, can we just pray for a moment? Now, if you really feel the need to find one of us, sure, come find us, right? But I'm just saying, you're a believer. You're equipped. You can pray for one another. Amen? Okay. So, Randy, why don't you come up? Randy's going to lead us into communion. After communion, uh, Mark's going to come up, and then he'll give us instruction uh, for what's going to happen after. Good morning, church. How are you doing this morning? All right, all right. Well, we're thankful to have you all here. It seems like we have a pretty full house, uh, so welcome to the well. Uh, we're going to get started this morning uh, reading some scripture, 
And our scripture reading is going to be uh, John 13, verses 34 to 35. And if you're familiar with this, you know, Jesus is, uh, he's kind of encouraging his boys. And uh, I hope this can be an encouragement for us this morning as we gather uh, as God's church. And so it says, so now I'm giving you a new commandment. And this is Jesus speaking. He says, love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. And, you know, I I hope that's an encouragement for us this morning as we gather as a church. Um, And even though this might be really familiar for a lot of us coming in here, sitting down, having cheese and donuts, uh, it's it's also uh, just another opportunity for us to exercise just our love for each other. And hopefully we can love one another well. We have some fun stuff afterwards. I know there's going to be some tacos, uh, so please stick around for that. You'll hear more about that later. But also, uh, it's an opportunity for us to take that love outside of here and into the world that we all go into every day, uh, the people that might not know Jesus um, or our fellow believers who love Jesus, but you know maybe we don't see things eye to eye. So I want to encourage us this morning uh, to continue to love one another uh, as Jesus loves us. So if you would, uh, pray with me this morning. Lord Jesus, we do just thank you for you. We're thankful that uh, the church, the gathered ones, uh, is something that you instituted. Um, And it's for us. It's for us to uh, be together, to love one another, and to be a light to the world who just doesn't know you. And so I pray this morning that as we just spend time together, um, that we hear a message from your word, I pray that we would take these things to heart, uh, that we would continue to not just hear the things that we are going to hear today, but we would be doers and we would walk uh, by faith, um, trusting you for wherever you're leading us uh, in the different places that you have us. And so I pray that we would just be faithful this morning as your children and as stewards of the things that you've given us, um, and we would just use this time wisely. And so please uh, just minister to us. Um, Just continue to reveal yourself to us, Um, and I pray that we would just be faithful um, in loving you and loving other people. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, it is time for Kingdom Kids. So, Kingdom Kids, kids, it's time to go. Wow, we got a whole bunch of them going. All right, we're going to start off with a few announcements. Uh, If you've been around, you know, we've had a couple events going on. On uh, Friday, actually, this past Friday, we don't usually have events on Friday for youth, but we had a board game night, an exciting board game night. It wasn't boring. Uh, We had a lot of fun. We, We were there for about four hours. Uh, and the students loved it. We were playing uh, a card game there where we're trying to really dis- decide who was the one uh, that we should vote out. And I got to tell you, I, 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 no, I didn't get voted out, but Chris was very um, sly, and he fooled us all. Uh, and we had a lot of fun. Uh, we, we went outside, played some games. Uh, you know, and I just want to say, you know, things like this really kind of bless my heart. You know, I didn't grow up doing youth stuff. I'm not like a youth uh, group kid, uh, but since I started a couple years ago and just seeing the kids really kind of come together, a lot of them not even knowing each other, and over the past two years, I've been super blessed because the students really take one of our pillars very seriously, and the pillars of Crossroads is we got faith, uh, family, and fun, and they've really, they, of course they have fun. And we're learning a lot about our faith, but they've really taken to each other and they've really formed their own really fun kind of family relationship together. And if you're ever there and you see them, they're just having fun, throwing pillows at each other, and they've really come a long way. Uh, and I just wanted to share that um, because, like I said, it's not something that I've, I'm not really used to doing as a youth director. And so it just blesses my heart that the students, so thank you to the students that are out there uh, listening Uh, I love seeing you guys come and have fun and just form those friendships together. 
Um, and so the next thing, we also started our uh, food drive on Wednesday. Uh, and there's the students all there. We made some signs. We went to Vaughn's to kind of get our food drive started. Um, and so we have a table out there. Uh, and this is for you as well. So the students brought some food in. We got some to kind of get started. And so Isaac wants you to donate to the food drive. Uh, so if you would like to donate, there is a table out there. You'll, you can't miss it. And these are some of the things that uh, you could bring. Um, just up at the top, please don't bring corn or green beans. I think they just have so many. They would prefer other things. Um, so if you want more information, please see me. But there's a list. Uh, we're going to be doing this through October, even into November. So feel free to bring some food items, and we give them to the help of Ojai uh, to just bless the people in our community that, unfortunately, you know, just can't get basic food items. So we love to bless people. This is a great way to do that. Um, so you can do that as well. And Mark has an announcement for us. this woman she got mad at us and got all of our stuff and she threw it all out on the street everyone was watching us and I was even pregnant and we did not have anywhere to go my husband said we need to leave let's go to our property I remember the first night when we arrived we did not have anything it was cold and wet, and it was very windy, and everything got wet, including us. All we could do was hug each other. I remember I was so sad because I felt so alone. I don't remember how long passed by, but finally, some people from the church came by and gave us some boards for walls and a tarp roof. But it did not even have a door. We could not sleep on the ground because it was a dirt floor full of bags. I would be there at nine, looking all around. Is there something there? We were afraid someone would come and attack us. We were sleeping in that room. When someday some animal bit my dad, his whole hand got swollen and he couldn't work, so we had nothing to eat. I was going to school then, and I told my mom that I wanted to drop out so I could sell gum to help our family. I prayed every night for God to help us. My husband was very sad. But he was trying to be strong for us, so he could never cry in front of me. But he would go to the other side of the mountain and yell and cry out to the Lord. Lord, help me. I can't do this anymore. I was so sad and I felt so alone. My youngest girl would cry all night because she didn't want to be here. But I would tell her that it is going to be okay. I just wanted to run away and I wanted to die. went to Whitewim to ask them for help. I explained to them the situation that we were living in. Never, ever, ever did I imagine that I would have a house. And I remember when the Whitewim team said they would build our house. After they left, we went outside and jumping and screaming for joy, saying, they are going to build us a house. so happy and I just started yelling like a crazy person I was so excited that I could not wait and I could not even sleep I just wanted the day to come 
The first day of the build, everyone worked with so much joy and was so happy to help. My girls held pain and I remember that my youngest was covered in pain. She painted herself instead of the walls. YWAM treated me so well. They treated me as if I was a part of their family. It was then that I realized that I'm not alone anymore. My faith grew a lot because God answered our prayers and blessed us in a huge way. It is as if we were down in a hole and they pulled us out of the hole. When they were finally done building and they passed the keys around to every member of the team and then they gave them to me, I could not even believe it. I felt something I would never felt before. These were my keys to my house. And then when the keys got to me, I read a letter I wrote. My heart overflows with joy. Although I have not had what other little girls have had, I know this house is forever. Although my parents could not offer me anything or the little they could offer to me, I will always be eternally grateful to them and to you. You will always live in my heart. Thank you for giving us something to eat when we were hungry. And thank you for giving us something to drink when we were thirsty. And when we were cold, you covered us with your arms. Thank you for my house. I am so thankful to my daddy, God, for having heard my prayers. From Tanya. That's not just a, a heart-wrenching video. That's real life. That's a real story. Those are real people. And in three weeks, there's 20 of us going down and building two homes for families just like that, who are living in those conditions today and tomorrow and yesterday and the day after tomorrow. That's their life. And they have been praying to the Lord for the gift of a home that just transforms their life, their faith, and everything else. So um, we are privileged, as we have done for many, many years, to go down. There's 20 of us going down three weeks from today. Um, today, after church, we're having a fundraiser, uh, and it's to build homes for families like that. We've got a, gar a target of about 29,000. Praise the Lord, we've raised about 20,000 so far. Um, so encourage everyone to enjoy tacos and give generously today. Um, the other thing that we need, uh, Betty and her crew um, are just relentless about putting together uh, toy bags, bags of toys and things like that that we take down uh, and give to kids in the neighborhood and just all the different places that we run across kids. And here's a bunch of things that you can bring. There's a trunk in the commons under the table over there that says, you know, for Homes of Hope. We need that trunk filled up. Uh, so if in the next couple of weeks you would just go out and just buy stuff, bring stuff, stuff for kids, and uh, any questions, you can see Betty. She and her team do a wonderful, wonderful job. And lastly, thanks to uh, uh, Jordan and his crew, um, you can now donate by using a QR code. And so um, you can write a check, you can give us cash, or this will be out on the table where we'll be taking donations uh, for the taco bar, but you can just scan this, it'll take you out to the app, and you can give that way too. So we will just, uh, you're seeing up on the screen how you can go out, you would choose uh, Mexico, and we have a great opportunity through a lot of different ways to uh, be donating for that. So, um, Randy. All right, here to talk about our men's dinner, man of God testimony, we call it M6, Thursday night, October 26th here. M6, of course, stands for men at six, meal at six, meat at six. <laughs> Does not stand for money at six, it's free of charge. And a, another point to that, it also doesn't stand for mommy at six. 
Mommies will not be here. Our mommies will not be here to clean up. They won't be here to set up. It's all the men. There's going to be men from other churches in the valley, coming from other churches in the area, Southern California. I don't know how many men will be here because when you ask men to tell you if they're coming. <laughs> so, so we're planning, a, we're thinking we're going to have 100 men or so. We don't know what the Holy Spirit's going to do here with that, but this is not a well ministry. It's an influencer's ministry. And that is where we basically remove all non-essential doctrine down to the core of an uh, abiding relationship with Jesus. That's what this ministry promotes. Uh, many men will be here that have an abiding relationship with Jesus. Many men will be here that will not. They'll be guests of men that are coming. We don't know what the Lord's going to uh, do, but we do know that we're going to have food. If we get down to breaking five loaves and two fish, whatever it happens, we're going to feed you. But uh, I'll give you a little, a little bit of insight as we get closer to the event. But our two, our two speakers, our two men of God, are going to be our brothers Bill Burr and Tim Donahue. And they're going to talk about an event that happened in their lives and how their faith grew through the challenges. And it's going to be impactful. Could I get that, um, that picture put back up of the board game night, just real quick? This is something that hit me. Okay, Chris, have you really got nine fingers on that one hand, or is that just a photo op deal? Okay, so you young people never play cards with a guy with nine fingers on one hand. So well, what's up with that? But, you know, men and their relationship with the Lord, this is what's going to grow the family. This is what the Lord wants. The Lord calls for men to be the spiritual leader in their home, and that's how, we, that's how we influence our young men, our daughters, our wives, our families. It's very impactful. So I encourage you to, if you want to help out with this setup and breakdown in light of the fact that our mommies will not be here, see me at some point in time in the next week or so. You can email me, you can, whatever you want to reach out, and we'll, uh, we'll make sure that your services and willing to serve are utilized. So we look forward to seeing everybody on that Thursday night, the 26th, at 6 o'clock. Thank you. Thanks, Randy. we got one more announcement. Uh, before that, I did forget, uh, back when Chris actually came to youth group, he, he did do magic. So I don't know if you still do it, but I feel like you do. So, uh, so we got one more announcement. Uh, our friends down at Redemption... I'm pretty sure they do this every year. They have Trunk or Treat, uh, and they're hosting it. Uh, it's a lot of fun. If you haven't been there, it's great. It's a huge turnout. Uh, it's going to be Tuesday, October 31st from 6 to 8. Uh, it's a great place to bring your kiddos. Uh, they have lots of games. It's fun. Uh, there's also opportunities for, because it's such a big event, if you want to volunteer, uh, they always need volunteers because it's you know a lot of stuff they have going on. So you can see either me or Kim uh, if you'd like to volunteer, and we'll connect you with uh, Rachel over there who does their, their Kingdom Kids stuff.